That's similar to this experience because you have a light here. If, if, you, if you haven't been on the stage yet, like, just let me simulate the experience for you. You got this bright ass light so no one can see any, basically any faces, just figures. You got to try and remember your words, right? So it's like this weird thing. It's like, oh man, I don't know if I want to go up there, but I think I got something I can say. Oh man, right? So there's like a, it's a, a tug, tug of war, push and pull between your fear and your courage, right? And uh, yeah, who's going to win? It's up to you. All right. Um, so coming to the stage, ladies and gentlemen, please start making some noise. As I began to hand crank the bat signal on, I feverishly shadow puppeted a fedora into the night sky. An icon long gone, an image long forgotten, a symbol falling short. We say calling all poets. Really what we mean is calling all people. My words are yours, yours are mine. These rhymes belong to no one. To illustrate that fact, let me remind you of fear. That fear that you hear here is just false evidence appearing real. To illustrate that point, three stepping stones appear. An invitation to answer the call. Calling all people. Remember the power and potency of your words. Every sentence is a soliloquy if you mean it to be. You don't need Shakespeare to hear. I'll tell you that all the world's a stage. All your words are brave. Every person is a poet. We just share it in our own ways. Yeah. Calling all poets. Remember your humanity. Your vulnerability is energy. And the audience's appreciation is the juice. Like the lost boys, Peter Pan's applause powers Tinker's bell. You keep the lights on. Shadow chasing, fighting to stay forever young. But some dreams? Never, never land. There are so many stories in you. So when you pull a rabbit out the hat, remember that upside down fedora is a well, a sunken treasure buried in the bottom of you. Calling all people, there's gold in you. Will you share it? All the world's a stage. We are merely the players. The mic is hot, the charge is lit. My time is up, calling all poets. Who's next to spit? Thank you. If you're not happy in your skin and you have no family or distant kin, try another skin for size. We have plenty to feast your eyes. Every skin has a story to be told. Some are quite gory, some are quite old. We have ancient skins of warrior kings, skins of snakes and scary things. We have alcoholic skins. I like to call them Heineskins. <laughs> Heineskins, a bit of, skin, bit of skin humor to start the day. Never mind, we have more skins this way. We have chef skins and foodie skins and skin that belong to a maitre d'. Come over to our culinary section if you really want to see. Reformer skins, performer skins, and skins that made a stand. But if you prefer the quiet life, we have skins that are quite bland. In the fitness, jock skins. A seamstress, frock skins. Sailor on the dock skins. Any skin that you desire, we can sell to you or hire. And if you like hot drinks, we have a special, a thermos for your epidermis, or would you prefer a kettle? We have influencer skins with selfies included. 
Keeping safety in mind, some accessories are excluded. In Skins, we have a lot to offer. Looking closely at you, I'd like to proffer. I sense you're feeling kind of blue. A feeling for you that is all too true. I've got just the spot for a skin like yours, never satisfied with praise or applause. Your skin will be put in the don't-know-myself corner. Not many sales from that skin disorder. I suggest you go home and come back on the day when you're proud of yourself and have something to say. This place cannot help you until you can know the skin that you have is the skin you should show. All right, it's called a sunrise's place. Every day woken up, it opens my eyes, reminding me that I haven't gotten blind, reminding me that I still have to see, reminding me that I have a lot to unwind, to go to places where I would be free. With it, I am gifted with choices, every one of them questioning my place, creating fear of wanting to know. I let that fear in, I will be left with nothing but empty thought, bringing me to where I cannot see. What place does it have for now that we see it every day? How long will it stay there forever before it loses its compassion? Does it have judgment for what it brings sight to? Can it make mistakes and look back with regret? I will one day look at it and ask the right questions. I will one day let it teach me something that I have always failed at. I will one day accept its thoughts on who I shouldn't be. I will one day agree with, that, with what place it has put me in. And that day isn't today, as I have yet to deserve a sunrise's place. Thank you very much, everybody. <laughs> This poem is called Puzzle. We are pieces of places and places of pieces. In search of pieces, we go to places because we are pieces of places. And we place our pieces in, piece, in places. And we place our pieces in pieces. And we try to piece our pieces, forcefully fit together, complete with jagged edges, brittle places, glued cracks, Missing pieces to find peace. Positioned and postulated pieces, perfectly juxtaposed to look shiny and new. Would we recognize each other if not for this? We don't want to look at our missing pieces. So we guard our pieces and we guise our pieces and we guide our pieces to places and faces that glimmer our pieces to grandeur or dim our pieces to darkness because the world is a sea of places and faces and pieces. And some places glimmer our pieces and some places guide to places and some places make us face our faces or fall on our faces. Places make pieces and we search for pieces in places and we try to complete the piece even when the pieces don't fit. <laughs> But our pieces are never complete. When are our pieces complete? Our pieces we so promptly place together, piecemeal and priced high. So we promise ourselves pieces or completion of pieces at places. And some people show us our pieces. And some places give us our pieces. 
of the missing pieces of our pieces. But every piece has a price, and every place plays a part. And some places can take our pieces, and some places can take our peace. So off we set to places, complete with pieces and missing pieces, and giving and taking pieces too, and creating and finding pieces. And in search of the pieces, we may find our pieces or uncover pieces of places because we are all pieces of places and playing our piece of the places and the pieces in search of our piece of peace. Thank you. Why are you so angry? You ask me, dismissively, over coffee, apathetic to any authentic answer because you can be. Three months and I can still picture your stupid fucking face. Sneering lips grazing ceramic. You sit over from me at the table full of knowing. But you can never know how it feels to have your seat at the table removed. So you sip your coffee, indignantly, and I hope it scalds you. Why are you so angry? Maybe I'm angry because you have the audacity to ask me this question. Maybe I'm angry because you will never be asked this question. You who could not love yourself, so tried to make me feel unlovable too. You who could not stand the truth, so tried to drown me in your cesspit of lies. You, who could not stop me from seeing the magic in humanity, so tried to poison my spirit instead. How could I not be angry? Six months, and I can still picture every inch of your stupid fucking face. And you? You won't even remember this soul-crushing conversation. And if you did... You deny it, gaslight king. But I remember, now I am able to say that with certainty. I remember the sickening shame, as yet again I was made to believe that my pain was the issue, not you who had caused it. I remember the mucus drip tastes of swallowed words exchanged for pretty curves curled up at the corners of my pretty mouth. My anger was too much for you, but you liked my silence infinite. I remembered how I wanted to shout, to cry out. I don't want to be angry anymore, but instead seethe silently, internalizing your vitriol, erupting white hot rage to my core. Eight months. How could I trust then that pain would gradually fold into purpose? A slow, steady thrumming at first, then terrific waves, opening me unapologetically into myself. Nine months, assenting inward still over difficult terrain of patriarchal power and a heteronormativity which takes away my seat and puts you in a small, hard cage. Ten months, how could I know even then that in this same sharp place, I would find steadfast strength, like the silty bedrock of a river, with a thousand tributaries, all leading me back to myself. 
Who knew the things that you couldn't stand in me were the things I'd learned to stand for? So that 12 months on from seeing your sipping, sneering, stupid fucking face, I'd be able to remember the anger, the hurt and the pain, along with the adventures, the smiles and the good times, and simply hope that you heal. Yeah, uh, this poem is a quite short poem. It's a depiction of uh, the experience of my being in a room with a psychiatrist for the first time. It's called Room Number Two. On a domestic glacier lay my shivering torso. A beating heart is fading, still, in forever. My, my limbs are nowhere to be touched. They touch nothing. Not a dozen of immaculate finest foster families could warm my refrigerated consciousness leaning against a green vegetable. Only a torso that wraps around a twitching meat, purple and pale, might only try to tighten itself so tight, too tight, tight. A purpose is unknown. Sadly, this coldness is but endless. Nothing stops. I'm stuck. A mindful wanderer stopped to stare. A glance became a gaze of a gambler hesitate to all in. Pacifier, they gave me with a cause of undisclosed intention. Pacifier, a blade inside their eyes. They gave me none. Numb. My frozen lips can only yearn for each other's touch, breathing in only the wrath of unworn solitude. The creaks of crooked bones were but the most beautiful winter song. It sang, I'm alive. I'm still alive. I'm alive again. A purpose was unknown. Nothing stops. I'm stuck. is called A Stroll by the Beach. The sun is stretching out and the water shimmering. Joyous, it's another lazy Sunday morning. The waves greet the sand, sandy beach in a relentless banter. Oh, what stories they're about to hear in this chapter. From the lone fisherman preparing his bait, preoccupied in thoughts, from the old vagabond who is yet to wake, snuggled with all that he's brought. From the crab that's scurrying around, searching for a better ground, the mother who tenderly guides her excited toddler to the tide. From the children building castles in the sand, running around without a plan. From the boy picking up seashells till his back swells. The couple who can't stop embracing each other, or from the man and wife who stare at the horizon, wishing none would bother. From the elderly couple holding hands without saying a word, and the balloon seller preparing his wares unstirred. From the photographer who keeps taking his shots, and the jogger who seems lost in her thoughts. Oh, what stories they've heard, and never have they demurred. They offer their wise counsel for all those who are doubtful. So when you feel fettered by the daily grind, they heal our souls and calm our minds. And when everything else seems to recede, a stroll by the beach is sometimes all the therapy we need.
and it's inspired by um, Bangkok. I want to know, with the certainty of a city soundscape, that I am yours. All blaring horns and incandescent echoes. Because I deserve the undeniable electric glow of appreciation, which takes time to grow, but does not need five years to know that I am worthy of belonging. Darling, I love you but I am holding out for a love that is as slow and sure as sunrise. Give me the steady syncopated rhythm of a train steering singularly into the horizon, certain of its own destination, depth over distance every time. I want to wake up, wrapped in sheets and secrets that are ours alone, to bask smugly in time, separate from all other time. Half slumber, half wakeful bliss. We swim in the eternity of nearly not their dreams and soft sprawling limbs, not quite sure where each of us ends and begins. The delicious sunrise warmth of strawberry and satsuma, swirling and spiraling into a climax of ecstasy on our skin. I want this. But I do not want this only as an image or a notion. Save your Panasonic sepia skyline panorama and the shallow intensity of clinging desperately to a lover you do not yet know and never will. I do not want the mere cinematic expression of two hollow bodies grasping without intention. I want the intimacy of knowing somebody truly in a city of 10,000. Give me truth and give me pleasure. Raw and unadulterated, the 3 a.m. version of things and the midday strength of scalding balcony tiles. Like this city, I am too great to be half known. So love me sun into moon and day into navy night. Love me with the commitment of temple goers paying alms. Love me with the rush of Friday afternoon traffic. Love me with the cicada quiet energy of this place at dusk. Love me with the conviction of nighttime city stars when all the other lights go out. Love me until there can be no other way to live. Love me like I love this city, or do not love me at all. It is a eulogy <laughs> to my long gone dad's cat that I love so much. It's, quick, it's cute, okay. I love it when you say, Meow, 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 it cured. The days that turned dull and gray, I didn't feel comfy and secure. The world may not enough thank you, your paws, tail, and warm her. Protect me when someone boo. I do wish your squishy belly last till every other tomorrow forever. This poem is untitled. It's the expansive feeling in the chest, swelling outwards from the breast. Spread those arms and hold them wide. Your spirit was not meant to hide. Walk forward proudly. Speak that truth loudly. No need for bragging. Response is lagging. A self-imposed headlock, a you set it up or take it down roadblock 
Get out of your way, even if you need to pray. It's okay to get lost along the path. Only thing to suffer from is your own wrath. What of others' perception, though? Charles Cooley was on to something to become your own king. I am not what I think I am, and I am not what you think I am. I am what I think you think I am. And it is still up to you to stay or go. And we act as though others' perception matters as much. And we often do care as such. What does it mean to live in your truth? Does it mean you can read and write well or spell the word Ruth? Or perhaps we start with never being uncouth. The process is not easy. Not always in the sun, enjoying the breezy. The answer you seek and get is not always what you want, but what you need, revealed as surrender to what is and the life force all around. And certainly not by beating oneself into the ground. Acceptance of your flaws and learning how to be raw. And for the fear, that thing that is so stop and go, there's an answer on the other side of that, regardless of which way you wear your hat. Or if you're crazy and hear whispers from cats. <laughs> and for that festering question, the one that plagues in moments of endless mention, who are you in relation to the world? How will you know when you have answered that pearl? The answer you seek is the one that you have. You just have to reach out and grab and shatter that idiotic perception of perfection and reach that conclusion and not give yourself a head contusion. And when you look in the mirror and ask that reflection, who are you upon more introspection? The answer you seek is the answer you have. And something outside of yourself cannot feed that need. So you choose to put that method on the shelf. And maybe in months or maybe in years, you learn to accept yourself as you are and say, fuck you to the fears and acknowledge the unique gift of yourself to the world as you are and as you can be, held in tandem and there is no random. And I'll choose to love and I'll choose to laugh and I'll choose and I'll learn to live with all, not just half. Thank you. It's called Tell Me Why. Why did you put me on ignore? Am I really such a bore? And was it you that unfriended me last week? You think my heart is made of teak? When I ring you, it's straight to voicemail. Every time, without fail, I feel sad, forlorn, and really quite glum. Why won't you talk to me, Mum? I have a question for the room. How many heartaches make a heart break? And how many heartbreaks can a heart take before a heart decides to take a break? Deep exhales from love's loss we've been running from forever, just waiting to exhale. And it wasn't until I leapt into the abyss that I realized it was actually a feather bed. But you see, the abyss was a rift. And the rift was a gift because the rift was a spliff and the spliff made me lift. And so the feeling of falling, yo, that was flipped. I was flying. 
I wonder if what I'm doing is just this. Or what if I'm doing up here on stage is doing the stage just this. This permission turned privilege is our presence in the present. Just this, gift. Given and received, the stage can feel like a tower, but here I sit in my stone throne, that's the seat of my power. I call it grounding. Bare feet on grass, call me brownfoot. Touching my souls to the soul of the world within. There are no words to describe the feeling, but you can bet I'll try. Unearthing my identity, I dug six feet deep into her core. Shawnee Appleseed on an adventure into the unknown. Rapunzel, let down your hair. Let's run away together. One strand at a time, tying our knot into a golden noose. But if your brain can't breathe, maybe your heart can lead. But if your heart can break, then maybe heart breaks not for the heart's sake. But a heartbreak is a heart shape. So I'll leave you with just this gift. Just this, a break. Thank you. All right, there's three monsters in your bedroom. <laughs> You've only ever seen two. There's the one under your bed and the one in the attic, like behind the ceiling like. They both hide in separate er they both show different faces, but they hide in kindred darkness, see fear and desire. They both draw strength from the tenured lack of light, recessing in knowledge's recesses. And that mattress, whew, that ain't shit, but the carpet stitched of springs and cotton that feared and gotten swept under. And they'll both never let you forget that it's down there. So you're like, oh shit, what I gotta do? You found air, you fly fast, you forward and far, you dash towards some stars till your barge ends up in a whole bunch of nothing. Desire's light, she's bright, had you fronting. It treated and tricked you to think you could keep fear away. So you steer away, flying, by, flying blind with stars in your eyes to a darkness you think you know until you hit that summit and shit, you just plummet. Because that thing you covet and stop fear from coming in and rummaging in parts of you that you just can't stomach. See, these brothers, they're mad cunning. They treated and tricked you to think you could keep fear away. Got you running. Wait, I said that line. These brothers are mad cunning. They swing flaming sword back and forth for like forever in a fortnight. Like a snitchless game of Quidditch, so your brain is skittish. Lenses lidded, fitted like a new era, while this pair of bouncers, they pounce. Scramble up that ego, infinito, they whip it to work. Wow. Who'd have thought it would work? How they keep guarding that garden, the one you were born and begotten shit. You must have forgotten. Tricked and fooled into walking, your ego's coughing, clamoring to and fro. Zen, you let that shit go. No one else but self, a dance between the darkness. Perfectly timed to that rhythm, rattling threshold. That third monster waits behind. It's a locked door metronome you have learned to hate. Yo, that shit never hibernates. You can feel its pace. The walls, they shake with every step it takes. And when it stops heaving, you can hear it breathing. A 
faint screaming sinks in. <laughs> Your judgments blinking, thinking, maybe reach, and then you start to think of its repugnance. You're like, fuck, nah, and you keep trudging, huffing, puffing, uh, bludgeoned, scuff, soul, sold by that same sucker who's too disgusted to stop and wonder, like, yo, what sort of spell am I under? Blundering, bending backward to keep fronting and acting like half of you's not sure which side of the lock is the trap. I might have told you there's three monsters in the bedroom. You've only ever seen two, but there's no mirror in there, so what to do? What to do? What to do?